Welcome to the Revive Us podcast. I'm Ed. My name is Ezra. And uh, today we are going to be studying Romans 1, uh, verses 18 to 32, and just kind of talking about uh, God's wrath uh, that is being poured out upon Gentiles. Uh, this is the first section. This deals with the Gentiles. The next section, chapter 2, we'll talk about the sin explained um, about the Jews. But today we're talking about the Gentiles. We're talking about us. So, and, um, but we want to do a little backtracking um, just to explain what we've talked about so far. So take it away. Uh, so what we talked about last time, we talked about how, well, Paul starts off his letter with introduction and explaining how Jesus is the fulfillment of everything in the Old Testament. And we show that Jesus is the son of David, the son of God, um, how he shows how he's the son of David through his earthly life as a descendant of David, but also shows that he's the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. And through him, we receive grace. Um, we also talked about how each other were mutually encouraged by each other's faith and how we can impart spiritual gifts to our brothers and sisters in Christ as well, too. Uh, we also talked about being unashamed of the gospel and what that means. Romans 1.16 is a very popular verse, so we dived into that to explain like what it really means to be unashamed of the gospel. This will see. And uh, lastly, we talked about how in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The major theme in Romans is God's righteousness, and we're going to keep reminding you guys of that because that's really major to Romans in general. And how the righteousness we attain from God is by faith, and it's not by works. A lot of times we feel like uh, we started by faith, but we have to continue with works. But no, it's actually not it. It starts by faith, continues in faith, and ends in faith. And that is the righteousness we attain through faith in Jesus Christ. And now we just get into verse 18. This kind of begins uh, Paul's just big downward spiral of human depravity. And uh, it really shows how wicked humanity really is as a whole. And uh, he starts this off by talking about the wrath of God, which uh, it's something we feel like, it's not something we like to talk about, but it's actually a very interesting topic throughout the whole Bible, is the wrath of God. And uh, a lot of times we think it's God just being mad with people and he just zaps and gone, but it's actually a lot different than we think. And as we get into this, it's, uh, I hope we all learn from this as well, too, to understand God a little more. So the first section here is uh, verses 18. Um, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the ungodliness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And um, Ezra pointed this out um, before, but if we go back, we if we backtrack to verse 17, we are talking about um, God's righteousness. And it's interesting because... It says the righteousness of God is revealed. How is the righteousness of God revealed? Well, it's revealed through Jesus Christ, the gospel. Um, so how is the wrath of God being revealed against these wicked and evil people? Um, and so this is what Paul is going into. He's going to start revealing how the wrath of God is being revealed. And now this revealed word it's important to understand if, if you go into the Greek, you'll understand that it, it's present. Like it's, it's something that's not, that hasn't happened in the past or isn't going to happen in the future. 
is something that's happening right now. The wrath of God is actively being revealed. Um, and so some uh, some people may say, oh, the wrath of God isn't going to come until Jesus Christ you know, comes back. He establishes his kingdom, and that's it. No, the wrath of God is actually being revealed right now at this very moment. It's not fully, he's not done. Like Once he comes back, we're going to see it even more, <laughs> but it is being revealed right now. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there's another point here that we have here, um, suppressing. Uh, this is a this is a very, very interesting word. They suppress the truth by their wickedness. The reason why they don't see the truth is because they indulge in sinful activity. It's it's kind of like great. Like they want to they want to pursue this immoral immoral life. But in turn, it's also helping them suppress the truth. Like it's it's a double blade. Like it's it's not good. Um, but they suppress the truth by their own immorality. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that all the time um, with today's world. Like I I usually like I get asked a lot of the times like oh why doesn't God just like you know poof and just reveal Himself? And mm-hmm. I, I usually have like two responses yeah. to that. Like one. He, he already did that uh, in, through Jesus. And two, mm. we continue to rebel and go distance from God. It's our sin that's separating us from him, from ever knowing about him. And if the reason why God doesn't do anything is because our sin stops us, stops us from ever knowing who he actually is. We love the life mm. we live, and we love our comfort. And because of that, we yeah. forget the truth. We never get to know the truth. So, you know, verse 19... And verse 20 kind of talks about, um, well, let, let me just read it. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his external power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Guess what? People are without excuse. They know who God is. It doesn't matter whether or not they believe in evolution or if they're a, or a Buddhist or Islam. <laughs> they they know there is a God. Islam, obviously, mm. they believe in a God. They don't believe in the right kind of God. Um, but there is a God, and he is righteous, and his wrath mm-hmm. is being outpoured. Mm-hmm. It's being revealed. And... Um, yeah mm-hmm. we're aware they that just, there's something love. out there like yeah. we we're aware of it but we we never like to think about it like if you ask most people they'll say that there there's something out there like there's some power we may mm. not know like which god but they can understand that there there's something out there like this isn't just it now a lot of people might say there's nothing um but deep down we truly know that there is something out there like there is something there and uh a good example of this is uh, from uh, Isaac Newton. And it's a really good, it's actually a really funny story um, from mm. him as well, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Isaac Newton was uh, a Christian, I believe. Um, and uh, he had like a model of a solar system in his, like, uh, that he owned. And uh, one of his colleagues went up to him and said, like, who built this? This, this model is amazing. There must have been a genius who built this. 
And in response, Isaac mm-hmm. said, no one built this. And so the guy was like, okay, do you think I'm an idiot? Like, of course someone built this. Like, it looks, it's beautiful. Like, it's made so perfectly. Like, it looks amazing. And I was like, no one built it. No one built this. And he, he gets kind of mad. It's like, what do you mean no one built this? And he's kind of like, he basically just goes on and explain is, you say that someone had to have built this, a small model of the real thing, the whole solar system. And you're saying that someone had to have built this, this small replica. But when it came to the real thing, it just appeared on its own. Nothing created it. It was just there. And it really shows that like, if a building requires a builder, and we can agree that it just doesn't come out of nowhere, it just someone had to have established that. But when it comes to all of creation, mm-hmm. we say no one created it. Because and really, if we look at it, logically, it doesn't make much sense. If a building requires a builder, creation itself requires a creator really look at the universe and how it's intuitively designed uh and how exact the conditions are for human life to exist it's really amazing to think about how this could all come to be and to say that nothing created it it just came out of nothing is kind of illogical at that point to say nothing created it and it was just there or it just appeared out of nowhere, appeared out of nothing. We're just here by random chance. And chance itself is not a cause. That's what people like to say is just by chance, but chance isn't a cause. Chance is a way to explain mathematical probability, uh, like just explain the odds, but it's not a cause. And we say chance as if it is a cause, which isn't really a cause in itself. So to say that a building requires a builder, and there's just we can agree that a building is way less complex than the whole universe it's really downplays uh that just shows that we really don't want there to be a creator we just don't want to believe in that because we want to be the gods of our own lives this is this is a a very good point um that i want to address is like this is a good way of you know sharing the gospel showing that there is a creator and um it's ontological view or whatever i think it's called or something like that um is trying to use creation as a proof of god and so it's a good way of you know communicating with those who do not believe in a god is just pointing them to creation and uh it's an effective way to show it yeah like as beings we're made to worship Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether you believe in a God or not, yeah. or you don't believe in a God. We all worship something, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what Paul talks about in verse 21 to 23. Um, let's take a look at it. Mm-hmm. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchange the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. So as I human can, beings, yeah. guess what? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're created to worship. Mm-hmm. Whether you're worshiping the God or the creation, right? Mm-hmm. I can honestly relate to this in my life. Like before, like I would say before I even took my relationship with God seriously, uh, I would see this kind of stuff in my life where even though I know I was sinning, I was like, I don't want to think of it as sin. I just wanted to do what I want to do. 
and I want to, I don't want to think about God because I know if I think about God, I'm going to be convicted of this and I'm going to feel guilty. And I don't want to feel like that. I want to feel like I'm having a good time. Uh, I want to do what I want, do what I see as good as my own eyes. Like, you know, the same repeated patterns, our ancestors, Adam and Eve, we want to do what's good in our own eyes and just live the life we want to live. But the things that we don't, the thing that we don't realize is we it's not that we're trying to live a comfortable life. We're, well, we are trying to live a comfortable life, but it's more like we're living in denial of the truth. And that's what I was doing for my life. I was living in denial that, you know, if I don't think about it, it'll just go away. And that's actually not it. Just because we don't think about it doesn't mean it goes away. And just because we don't like to believe in something because we don't like the truth, it doesn't mean it isn't true. And I think we need to remove bias. Like just because we see something as not good in our eyes, that makes it false. That's actually not a good way to decide if something's true or not. Like if a doctor came into your room and said, like, and saw that you had cancer, let's say, but, you know, didn't want to make you feel bad, just say like, oh no, you're fine. You'd be pretty pissed off from that. Like if you found out the truth, right? Right, Ed? You'd probably be pretty mad about that if they didn't tell you like, no, they would tell you the truth because that's what's happening to you. And the same thing kind of happens with God is like, we're being told that we are sinful human beings, but we're retaliating because of that. That's like our disease, our sin. But when we're, we're also being offered a cure as well too. And, but yeah. we don't want to accept that. We want to live in denial. It's like, no, no, I don't have this problem. I'm good. I don't need this or whatever. I just want to live the life I want to live. But that's actually adding to the problem. Eddie, if you want to read that, uh, 2425. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, God gave them over uh, in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies w- with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Yeah. So that word that starts at 24, therefore, um, therefore just means because of all this. So because of everything Paul just said from 18 to 23, this is what's going to happen. And we see like a lot of times we think God's wrath is just you sin, zap, you're done. Paul explains it that this is what it actually is. God gave them over. He handed them over uh, in the sinful desires of their hearts to what they wanted, what they wanted to do. So if we choose something that isn't God, God says that's your choice. He hands us over to what we want. He'll allow it. Um, and we see this actually a lot in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament stories, like of what God does in response to human evil. For example, um, the story in 1 Samuel, when the Israelites go to the prophet Samuel and just say, like, we want a king like the other nations. God is mad about that. Like, um, they're asking for a king like the other nations. He's not happy about that. But what does he do in response to it? He gives Israel exactly what they want. He gives them a king like the other nations. He gives them Saul. And Saul ends up not following God and being just like the other nations. And another example could just be all of Israel. They wanted to serve the gods of the other nations. They wanted to follow in their ways. They wanted to be like the other nations. So what does God do in his justice? He gives them exactly what mm-hmm. they want. He they he wanted they wanted to serve the gods of other nations, so he hands them over to those other nations. He sends them into exile. So, um, 
it's actually interesting. I was reading Jeremiah chapter two and um, I forget what verse, I think it's around verse 20. Like this is, I'm, I don't know what word for word, but this is kind of the gist of it. Um, God is basically just saying like, you know, look at the, look at the other nations. Like they worship worthless idols, but at least they don't change their gods. Like at least they're consistent, but you guys, mm. you're not consistent. Mm. Like he's just saying like, come on, like they're worshiping worthless idols, but at least they're consistent. You guys, you're supposed to be worshiping me, but you're not consistent. You go to other things constantly. And it just shows like our human nature, we naturally don't want to do the things God wants us to do. And no. God hands us over to exactly what we want. But we don't realize, yeah. you know the saying, and be careful what you wish for? Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. because And there's consequences. Mm. And there's consequences to our sin. You know, as we look at these verses, it says, therefore God gave them over. And what happened? What is the result? Their bodies with the, the degrading of their bodies and guess what they also gave up their relationship with the creator so there are there are physical uh ramifications um but there's also spiritual ramifications of our sin yeah and, and like uh, exchange the truth yeah. about so, god for a lie that's really interesting uh to me honestly because mm -hmm. god is truth and we reject the knowledge of god for a lie like let's just live for now you know live for the moment let's just like exchange the knowledge of that we need to like come to god we need to know god that's in our nature to be with god you know like we are designed to be with god that's our purpose to be with god and that's humanity's ultimate calling yet we reject that truth mm -hmm. for a lie and if people say like oh that's kind of offensive but like if god is truth then everything else has to be a lie. Worship, like it says, and then worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who was forever praised amen. We naturally like to uh, glorify earthly things, you know? We do that even, even for Christians, we do that sometimes a lot. Like we focus more of our attention and on earthly things, you know, on relationships, you know, like with like, or what people think of us, you know what I mean? Like mm. we live for, people's acceptance or what people want and it's it's really contrary to what god wants for us like to live for this world now and it reminds me of a quote from uh c.s lewis um if you live for i think it goes like this if you live for heaven you get earth thrown in but if you live for earth you get neither it really just shows like yeah. we we just really want to live a life we want to live without god and there's consequences to that that we don't even realize. Yeah. And it even continues this like downward spiral. This is like step one and Paul's explaining God's wrath. And then we go to step two, uh, it starts in verse 26, because of this. So like I said, like another, it's therefore because of this, because of what happened in 24, 25 and 26, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relationships with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. We've thought about touching on this real briefly. Here's the thing. All sin is sin Yeah. in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a huge issue in the church today. Uh, and the world, they look at the church and they say, oh, you're homophobic. Um, well, what does that mean? 
um it's not the per it's not the person it's the sin uh god's talking about here god gave them up to shameful lust um who does who doesn't who doesn't commit a lot like we were talking about we, we this all lust. I mean, we, were we, all about, lust. Like, we all lust like we all we, mine, we have to examine mine, our own hearts like like mine might not be for another man but at the same time i still lust like i'm i'm a human being like i still sin so mm-hmm. yeah. we we're not hating on the person because of what they do but we just don't agree with the sin and so this is this is um people think of this what god is punishing men like i'm thinking about here in verse 27 it's like men committed shameful acts they actually acted it out and they got a penalty Mm -hmm. for their error for their sin that's what god is judging it's Mm -hmm. the action um and so and also god looks at the heart as well as Mm -hmm. we know jesus said you know whoever looks at a person with lust has already committed adultery so we acknowledge that but um we're here to give grace and forgiveness not con- not not to sit in the place of judgment mm-hmm. to tell and, place, yeah. and, and and share that you know god god is righteous mm-hmm. god's come for um salvation to save you from those sins mm-hmm. from your darkness mm-hmm. um but yeah mm-hmm. i don't know how much more we want to touch on that well like it is this is like something we like this very controversial subject right now where uh if you say something in the wrong way you automatically get canceled cancel culture you know i've like i've been called homophobic for having these views but i've never hated anyone for this and still a lot of times we talk about this like we're walking on eggshells but at the same time we have to recognize this is sin also Mm-hmm. you have to recognize mm-hmm. that yeah this is it has not, to be addressed yeah and he even mentions that paul mentions that uh these are unnatural like this goes against god's design for humanity um but a lot of people don't realize yeah. the way god designed this world and how he designed creation was for the betterment for all creation and to help humanity thrive as a whole mm-hmm. now a lot of people would say <laughs> be mad at me for saying something like that but it, it is the truth. The way God designed this world and how he ordered it, it's uh, how he wants us to live. It's for the betterment for all humanity. And yeah. when we reject it, it is the, the design of the creator and we reject his good design, uh, it doesn't lead to anything good in our lives. And this is kind of like step yeah. two of Paul's showing like how God reveals his wrath. And uh, when we get to verse 28, we get to part three of this kind of yeah mm-hmm. do you want to verse 28 do you want to use like this yeah yeah furthermore just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of god so god gave them over to a depraved mind so that they would do what ought not to be done they have become filled with every kind of wickedness evil greed and depravity they are full of envy murder strife deceit and malice they are gossips slanderers god haters insolent arrogant and boastful they intent uh, invent ways of doing evil they disobey their parents they have no understanding no fidelity fidelity 
no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous degree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do them, these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Mm. This is the pinnacle. Yeah. This is the absolute, like, if you want to see where your society is, like, this is a measuring stick. Mm -hmm. This is where yeah. you're like a measuring stick to how wicked and evil a society is. Go to this passage and you'll be able to. Yeah. Like, um, uh, I think very easily. No, I think it was a uh, John MacArthur who mentioned this. I thought it was, uh, I didn't really recognize until he mentioned it. It was like, like, if we look at our society, we can see that it's following in these patterns. Uh, first, Paul mentions mm. God gave them over to their sinful desires of their heart to sexual impurity, and we see a lot of that in like in like the eighties and the nineties. We see a lot of that um, sexual impurity, um, and then in twenty six, because this God gave them over to shameful lusts. Nowadays, we uh, we're becoming more and more okay with uh, stuff like homosexuality and other sins of the such, um, and mm. that's just kind of like. God just keeps sending us over to what we want. This is what we want to be further away from God, and this is what's going to happen. And in 28, uh, God gave them over to a depraved mind. Depraved just means morally corrupt. Like, we just continue to do what is wrong, God says, because that is what we've chosen to do. Um, they've been filled with, yeah, like you said, everything kind of thing. And I know not everyone's, maybe you haven't committed all of these. I'm not saying you have, but we've committed a lot of these i can say for myself i've committed a mm -hmm. lot of them. yeah the, this is a good measuring stick not only for our society but also a measuring stick for christians uh we have to constantly examine ourselves mm -hmm. like is is this me yeah um and uh it's good to, to uh, mention the measuring stick for christians because like as well too when we read uh romans 1 18 to 32 a lot of i feel like a lot of times we just think of it as just for, you know, people who aren't saved or just the Gentiles or whatever or anything yes. like that. But um, we have to recognize that Paul's talking about everybody. He's talking about everyone. He's not leaving anyone out. He's leaving, he's, it's all of humanity. Now, I know as Christians, we've escaped God's wrath through Jesus Christ because he took the punishment for us. But at the same time, we have to recognize that this was us. This was us. If, if Jesus didn't die for us, this would have continued to be us. We would have just continued to live mm -hmm. the life we wanted to live and be handed over to our destructive tendencies. And this is really interesting how he explains the wrath of God because it's a different portrait than what we would see, like what we would think of it from, like we always think the God of the Bible is just this person just, just like mad at everyone and just wants to send everybody help. But that's actually not the picture we see if we really read the Bible and see God's character, you can see that he actually mm. takes no joy in this. He doesn't enjoy this at all. He doesn't enjoy punishing wicked. He just, he does justice, but he doesn't enjoy punishing the wicked, wicked. He actually prefers to show mercy. And we can see how much he would actually yeah. prefer to show mercy by when he became human and died for our sins. And we can see the love of God shown in that to show that even though God is just, uh, even though he's righteous, he still loves humanity and wants to show mercy. And he would much rather show mercy than to show judgment. I know there will always be those who still choose to reject God. And it is a shame. It's We, we always want everyone to be saved, but people just continue to 
want to live the life they want to live. And uh, there's not a lot we can do for that, but the most we can do is to pray for those people, to love those people, to still continue to share the mm. gospel. We were spared the, from the wrath of God, and we want others to be spared too. This passage, 18 to 32, it's actually uh, it's going to play on to about chapter 3. This Paul's just making one big downward spiral of human evil. And uh, we're, just at, we're just at the beginning part. Like Paul's actually gone, said a lot of stuff, but we're actually at the beginning of this downward spiral. And he, it ends in chapter 3. And Paul, Paul's just going in depth to explain what human evil is and what it looks like and how no one is exempt from it. And uh, we're going to be continuing mm-hmm. to read that in chapter 2 as well, too. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you guys on the next uh, episode. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you later. See you guys.